All right, let's uh, let's get started. Rav Asher Weiss, as some of you may know, uh, published this Sefer about three years ago. This summer will be three years since the Sefer was published, which is a book about, as you see the title, it's Minchas Asher on Emuna Ubitachon. It's an incredible Sefer. I recommend if you don't have it, at some point you should buy it. Uh, and it really shows Rav Asher's diversity. Obviously, he's most well-known as a Poseik and as a Lamdan, uh, but you see here his diversity and he be able to speak about a topic like this. It's not philosophical in the formal or academic or, if you'll excuse me, the Gavriel Rosen sense of philosophy, but it is serious, it's thoughtful, and it's a learned grappling with serious, serious issues of Emuna and Machshava. The Sefer itself is divided up into four sections. The first section are formal essays that he wrote for the purpose of the Sefer, the second section are speeches, sichot, that he gave that were then written up. The third section, which is very powerful, are letters that he wrote on issues of Amuna and Bitachon, including to people who were suffering, who lost children, Rahman al-Atzlan, things like that. And then the last section is a small uh, piece, a section with, I think, four or five chapters, all about the Holocaust, all about the Shoah. Rav Asher Weiss obviously did not go through the Holocaust. He's too young. But his father, who only died recently, uh, his father was a Nitzol Shoah. His father was a survivor. And it was a very big, it is a very big part of who Rav Asher Weiss is. Uh, I know my mother also is a child of survivors. And that's a huge imprint on her personality. And Rav Asher Weiss speaks about it. And it was, uh, it was a big deal. In fact, a few years ago, Rav Asher Weiss took a trip to the camps, to Poland, into the camps, particularly including with his father, and that there are some speeches in this uh, Sefer which are from the time that Rav Asher Weiss was in Auschwitz and other such places uh, with Hasidim or other Talmidim, and including his father. Um, for the first year, again, we'll be doing one piece a week, Emir Tzashem, from this beautiful Sefer, and there'll be many of opportunities to learn some broader, more uh, general ideas about Amuna and Bitachon, but I thought for our first uh, time to learn today, given that yesterday was Yom HaShoah, it would make sense, since he has a section about the Shoah, about the Holocaust, to pick one of the pieces where he speaks about Amuna issues as they relate specifically to the Holocaust. The piece that I have for you here, uh, Parakalamid Hay, is actually the very last piece in the entire Sefer. The last five pages of the whole Sefer are this chapter, chapter 35. And as you can see, I'm going to start scrolling down here, as you can see on the screen, I don't know who this Rav Shalom Friedman was. Apparently he must have been an educator, I gather. But this person, Rabbi Friedman, asked Rav Usher Weiss for hadracha, for guidance, how the Shoah should be taught. Let's just read the opening uh, sentence here. Reshit davar hinanim so from Haredi or very religious schools, they're asking Rav Asher Weiss for guidance. How should we approach? How should we teach the Holocaust in our educational system? And the first thing Rav Asher Weiss says, which is incredibly important, not only for the context of the letter, but I think for all of us, and really why I chose to learn this today, he says, Ro'e'ani chashivu yitera. He says, this is incredibly important. To study about the Holocaust, to study about the Shoah is important. It shouldn't be ducked. We shouldn't hide from it. We have to confront it. We have to study it. After all, he says, as he continues in this paragraph, we're commanded to remember the Yemei HaTihilav HaTiferish HaTiferish Mitzrayim Matan Torah. Part of our Mesorah is that we have a mitzvah to study and remember the good times. But also, as he says in the last sentence of this paragraph, Gamis Yemei HaChurban V'Hagolos V'Dalad Somot Shetiknu Nivyei Yisrael. Just like we have to commemorate all the tzoros of the Chorban, the first bias, the second bias, the three weeks, Tishabav, all the various fast days. So 
in a similar vein, he says, we also have to keep in mind uh, these events, not only limited to the Churban, as he mentions in the next paragraph, at various other points in Jewish history, there were terrible tsaras, Rachman al-Tzlan, and even his particular kinos that were written uh, about this. In this particular uh, piece that we're studying now, Rav Weiss does not address the question of whether he agrees with or thinks that there should be specific kinos for Tishabov or other such things written about the Holocaust. But if I'm not mistaken, I believe I saw earlier today, I think in one of the other essays about the Holocaust, a chapter or two before this, he actually does uh, discuss that question. But I want to focus now on the main part of this essay, which is, or this letter, it's a letter, this is a letter, uh, about what should Rav Asher, what does Rav Asher Weiss think should be taught? And if he's speaking to a principal, what should be taught? It's another way of saying he's really speaking to every one of us, you and me, what should be learnt? What should we be focusing on in the big picture, right? Individual, at any one time, you may be sitting down to read this or that story or this or that uh, text or go to this or that museum, etc. But in terms of the big picture, what is our approach educationally, therefore religiously, to our understanding and processing as best we can the overwhelming uh, events of the Holocaust? And says Rav Asher Weiss here at the bottom of the page, the ch- on the question, and he's speaking, it sounds like for elementary school children even. Uh, you know, I'm sure he's talking about kids younger than you guys. But what's the educational goal? What should we be teaching? So Rav Asher Weiss's answer on the last line of the first page is, There are three fundamental things that we have to focus on when we're teaching and going over and learning about the horrible things that took place in the Holocaust. So let's take each one of them one by one, turning out to the second page. The first two are relatively short, although important, and we'll discuss those. And then after that, he actually uh, has one that leads into a deeper philosophical point, which we will, Mirz Hashem, have time to get into. So he says, Rashis, number one, top of the page, Pashut sheish lulamed al hashever hagadol shapakar as amenu becharon af Hashem. The first thing is his history, the facts, no, just the facts. We have to focus on the facts. There was horrible, horrible destruction. As he explains in the next line, Yesh Kilo We have to talk about the communities that were destroyed, on the Kedoshim who were killed. Hamone Am Hashem We have to think about, we have to know. You can't possibly mourn or think about uh, how terrible the Holocaust was if you don't have the facts. You have to understand the facts. We have to study that history. And he adds in the second paragraph, He makes a very balanced and sensible point, but it's certainly one worth noting, even if it's somewhat obvious, which is that obviously our education has to be age-appropriate. Right? If you're dealing with younger kids, so then it can't be things which are they're not ready for that's going to overwhelm them. After all, he says, we don't want to do something which will chas v'shalom inadvertently ligrom lehem We don't want to cause people to be overly depressed. It's obviously normal and natural. There would be something wrong if you were studying the Holocaust and you didn't get somewhat upset. But we also don't want to exaggerate that. Furthermore, he says, oru belibam hirurim I think this is a very important point that's worth considering. I don't think that in, in any way of Usher Weiss is saying that we should be that we are ducking or hiding from the incredible philosophical and theological questions that the Holocaust is bringing up. 
I don't think he's in any way being uh, dishonest uh, or anything like that. But what I do think he's saying, which I think makes sense, is that each person at their level, A, educationally, B, emotionally, maturely, maturity-wise, and of course, ultimately spiritually, has to take things in proportion. We all understand at the end of the day, at some point you reach an age where you are mature enough, you know, we don't hide any things from you. There are going to be questions that something like the Holocaust brings up that no one has answers to. Not Rav Asher Weiss, not any other Gadol, and I don't think uh, he or anyone else uh, would deny that. However, we also know, whether it's the Holocaust in the macro, or Rahman al just the death of a child, or a baby, or some other horrible disaster, we all understand, if we process it, and not in the heat of the moment, but when we can think more rationally, that as bad as certain things are, and the Holocaust is just the worst, but unfortunately it's not the only tsar in the world, obviously, um, how we process that, it, like everything in life, has to do with the context. And the context has to do with who we are and where we're holding at. So someone who is already mature, intellectually, already fully suffused with emuna, who hears about a horrible tsara, whether it's the Holocaust or something on a more micro level, doesn't mean that they're going to, we certainly shouldn't be callous, we shouldn't be afraid to admit how terrible it is. But at the same time, if the context and the default is one of serious emuna, we'll process it differently than if our emuna and our religious commitment is not yet fully formed or fully strong or mature. The very same information can have different impact. And therefore, I think Rav Asher Weiss is making a very sensible point, depending on what age and what stage of religiosity or religious development you're talking to, not to hide things, not to be disingenuous, not to lie if someone would ask you a hard question. God forbid. But it doesn't mean that everyone's ready to hear everything, you know, whether in eighth grade or when they just start learning or etc. Things have to be given over in a process so that a person has the proper perspective in order to process it. All of that is point number one. Continue on here in Os Beis, he says, Shainis. What's the second thing? The second thing that should be focused on when it comes to learning about the Shoah. Yesh l'lamed al ha-sipurim harabim shal mesiris nefesh al ha-mitzvos v'lamaisa chesed mufloim shenasu be'emek habecha this is an incredibly important point. Says Rav Asher Weiss, it's not enough just to talk about all the horrible things that the Nazis did and their collaborators, etc., etc. We have to study it, we have to know that, that's number one. But number two is we have to study what, how we reacted, how we dealt with those situations. And there are countless and countless stories of incredible Messias Nefesh, tremendous spiritual resistance, spiritual heroism on the count of millions and millions of different Jews during the Holocaust, whether it was in the ghettos or in the actual camps, etc. Tremendous dedication, Mr. Snefesh, beyond what any of us can imagine, to do mitzvos, to do chesed with each other, and says Rav Asher Weiss, that is part of the story. The indomitable spirit of the Jew, despite being kicked, despite being knocked down, unfortunately, Rahman literally gassed and burnt. Our neshamos, again, I don't mean everybody, obviously not, but in the overwhelming majority of cases, people who went in with tremendous dedication to Torah and Yerushalayim were able to withstand that, either if they survived or until their dying breath. That's unbelievable, Mysterious Nefesh. None of us can even relate to anything close to that level of commitment in Mysterious Nefesh. And there are stories that need to be told because they not only inform but will also inspire. And Rav Asher Weiss adds a caveat, which is also so crucial, which is that there are incredible stories of great tzaddikim, some who survived, some who didn't survive, who also, who did unbelievable superhuman acts of tzidkus and chesed during the Holocaust. 
He gives one example in the next paragraph. I think for the sake of time, I'm going to skip it. But he mentions his Rebbe, the, Kle- the Kleisenberger. But he also talks about the fact that there are many, countless, countless stories of simple people. People like you, me, or, or who our grandparents might have been. Simple people, not famous people, not big rabbis. Simple people who did unbelievable, superhuman, heroic acts of commitment of your Shemaim of Monsieur Snefesh. And that is also the story of the Holocaust. And that is absolutely the story of the Jewish people during this difficult time. For any of you, unfortunately, the Shanalaf guys, one of the terrible things has been to be robbed uh, of the opportunity for those of you who are planning to go to Poland. But I went, uh, Rabbi Shimoni and I were the two Rebbeim who went to Poland last year. And I actually, two of the shurim I gave when we were in Poland had to do with exactly this uh, theme. Uh, and the two chuvas that I discussed had to do with not famous rabbis, but simple people who were being moser nefesh, either for minhagim relating to chametz, gibrachts, or another story, maybe one of the more powerful ones I've ever learned, about a young boy who wasn't even bar mitzvah yet, but he wanted permission to start putting on tefillin because he didn't think he lived to his bar mitzvah, and in fact he didn't. Unbelievable acts of Avas HaTorah of Yerushalayim and Mesir Snefesh. That is just as much a part of the story, and that is something that we absolutely have to study and communicate as well. Third, says Ravasher Weiss, and this is what he refers to, if you take a look at the Gimel now, Ach Bi'ikar. And he repeats this later on on the next page. The main point, the most important thing, this is key, guys. The most important thing, says Rav Asher Weiss, the most important thing to take from the Holocaust, the most important thing to study, he says, is, and this is incredible, Ach bi'ikar, yesh lahadgish es ha-takuma ha-mufla'a shezachinu la'a bi'ikvos ha-shoah u'la'achareha. Tchiyas ha'am v'hayahadut ha'ita l'neis galoi. Says Rav Asher incredible. The third thing which has to be part of the story is the afterword, is the PS, is the final chapter. The story from our perspective does not end on the day of liberation. On the day of liberation, thank God there weren't Nazis killing us anymore. But we were a broken, broken people. Our numbers were decimated. And the people who survived were half. You know, they were half of what they were, less than half, literally in their weight and in their personality and their neshamas, etc. We were a broken, destroyed people. Ragtag. And yet, as our Vashar so beautifully and poetically says, the tukumaham ha mufla'a, the unbelievable, incredible rising from the ashes, like a phoenix. Unbelievable. The resurrection of our people. Unbelievable. A complete rebirth anew of our nation. Says Rav Asher Weiss, it's a nes galui. It's a miracle what has happened to the Jewish people in the last 70 years. He quotes his father in the next sentence. Pamim Shamati from, again at the time his father was alive, now his father has since passed away. And from his mother, who I believe is still alive, at least she was alive at the time of the writing of this book. Um, that he says, and this is an unbelievable statement, and again, I, I, I think this is true from my own family experience. Um, he says he heard from his parents, his parents were survivors. Af echad mehem, you see where I am now. Af echad mehem lohemin sheesh atid litora uliados. If you would have asked the survivors when they first got out, when they first were rescued, none of them thought that Torah had a chance for rebirth. Torah is done. All the people who care about Torah have been killed or have been, you know, weakened. And yet, says Rav Asher Weiss, a miracle within the miracles, not only that we physically survived, 
But in fact, not only that, but we re- gave rebirth to an even stronger Judaism. Otam atzmaut, right? He says those dry bones have not only survived, but they've thrived, and they've been able to see as the Navi Yeshaya prophesied. Unbelievable, unbelievable rebirth. Incredible. And then he says on the second, we're on the third page here, the next paragraph, Am Yisrael shav la'artso ha'kadosha, livnos ha'libanos It's not just the Torah. Rav Asher Weiss is celebrating, as we all should, the rebirth of Torah. And again, I don't think Rav Asher Weiss would be, uh, would consider himself, or we would consider him a Zionist in the formal sense of the word. But this is a Zionistic statement in every meaningful sense of the word. Who cares about the formal sense? Says Rav Asher Weiss, you can't be blind to the reality that part of the miracle is not just the rebirth of Torah or the numbers of Jews or anything like that, but rather the fact that we have returned to Eretz Yisrael and built it up. Call it religious Zionism or call it something else. Says Rav Asher Weiss, sign me up to that. Rav Asher Weiss identifies with that. That is incredible. That is incredible. And that is something that we have to tell the story of. And that is part of this incredible miracle. Klal Yisrael The Jewish people, as a nation, as individuals, have been able to rise up and get new life from the ashes of the ghettos and of the crematoria. Ooh, he continues in this third paragraph here. Umiso, okay, so let's stop. Excuse me, let's stop for one second. Let's just process. So these are the three points. These are the basic three points. You've asked Russia Weiss from a, you know, not that there's not more to say, but if you had to distill the three main points that you have to try to give over in the big picture, give over eventually for the teaching about the Shoah, says Rav Asher Weiss, three things. Number one is facts and history. We have to study those. Study the, the communities, the people, who was lost, what happened, the numbers, all true. Number two, he says, is we have to study the Mesiris Nefesh the spiritual heroism, the gvura, spiritual gvura of the Jewish people to keep their faith, to keep practicing the religion as best they could, to do chesed with each other, even when they're being dehumanized. That's the second part of the story. And then the third part, which he says is the main part is, not just what happened to us, but what happened to us since then. The incredible, what he calls nes galui, the rebirth of Torah, of the Jewish people throughout the world, and especially the rebirth and the coming home to Eretz Yisrael. Now in the final uh, 10 minutes or so, I'm going to finish uh, at 4.15, or at 9.15 your time if you're in New York. Um, so I want to just do the last point of the essay, the last part. We'll do a few of the highlights if we can. That is basically the answer to his own question, so to speak, which is, what should you give over? And he said three things, those are the three. But based on this last point, the idea that out of the ashes of the ghetto came a rebirth of the Jewish people, a rebirth of Torah, a rebirth of Eretz Yisrael, that leads Rav Asher Weiss to have a more abstract philosophical meditation. And he points out here, and this is the next paragraph, Umisodos hanhagahu He says one of the secrets of the way HaKadosh Baruch Hu runs the world, it's absolutely mysterious, he says, it's a secret, I don't understand it, but it's just a fact. That it's not just despite the Churban, now there is a good Geula. But rather, Davka through the darkness gave birth to the light. Davka from the ashes was rebuilt, this incredible edifice 
of the modern day in contemporary Eretz Yisrael and Am Yisrael. That, he says, is somehow, we always understand it, but that is built into the DNA of how Hashem runs the world. He quotes here in the next part an incredible statement of Tosfos. Just read the highlight point in Avodah Zarah, Daf Beis Beis, where Tosfos quotes that the, if you look at the bottom here, Nigzar al Romi Churban Gadol. When did Hashem decide, says Tosfos, that the Roman Empire, one of the greatest empires in the history of humanity, when did Akash Baruch Hu, was he deciding, was he Nigzar, that the Roman Empire would fall? So historians will try to figure out, you know, Nero fiddled, and, you know, all the different things that historians will try to figure out why eventually the Roman Empire collapsed. But from a religious Jewish perspective, asks Tosfus, when did HaKadosh Baruch Hu decide the Roman Empire, which HaKadosh Baruch Hu obviously gave tremendous koach to, Hashem allowed them to destroy even the base of Mikdash. When did Hashem decide that the Roman Empire was going to fall? So you look at the first line of Tosfus, Nim Kibamaiseh de Rabbi Hanina ben Trajon. In that particular act of cruelty, in the next paragraph, he tells you, as you're probably all familiar with, but we'll review it briefly so we're all on the same page, later on the Gemara Vodazara, Daf Yerches, tells the story about one of the Asar Malchos, one of the horrible ones, Rabbi Hanina ben Trajon, who was killed terribly and cruelly. They took a Sefer Torah, they wrapped it around him, they set it on fire, they burnt him alive. It was a tremendous act of cruelty. But he tells the incredible story, again, a story which is uplifting, which we should all be familiar with. When the Talmidim asked Rabbi Hanina as he was being burnt alive, next paragraph, Ma'ata Ro'eh, Rabbi Hanina, Moreno Rabbeinu, what do you see? And Rabbi Hanina ben Trajon gives the famous answer, Gvilin Nisrafin, Osios Parchos. The parchment is being burnt, the paper of the Torah is being burnt along with Rabbi Hanina, but the letters of the Torah were not being burnt. The letters of the Torah were floating up to Shemayim. That's the enigmatic, again, you read that Gemara, you realize something powerful is going on. But what, what does it mean? The parchment's burnt, the letters are rising, what is going on? So Rav Asher Weiss here in the last paragraph on this page, he actually quotes himself earlier in the Sefer, chapter 33, Maimur Lamed Gimel, where he explains very, very beautifully, uh, for the sake of time, I won't read it inside, I'll just paraphrase it. He says that the Talmidim, when they said, Rebbe, what did you see? He says the Talmidim were at their breaking point. As bad as the Churban was, as long as they had their great Rebbe, Rebbe Hanina ben Trajon, who was teaching them Torah, they felt, as long as we're with him, we're okay. He'll survive. He's going to bring us through to the Geula. And then when Rebbe Hanina was being killed so cruelly, they couldn't believe it. That's it. If even Rebbe Hanina is being killed, how can we survive? What's going on? So says Rabbi Asher Weiss, that was his answer. The Gvil, the parchment of the Torah, symbolizes the body of the Jew. Over the time, the Romans and others, and of course now the Nazis more recently, they can kill our bodies. Sometimes the Kodesh Baruch Hu allows that, Kodesh Baruch Hu goes or that. But the Osios, the letters of the Torah, which symbolize the Neshama of the Jew, the Neshama of the Jew can never be killed. This is the next par- the top paragraph on the next page. Second line, Neshamos Yisrael, Kishurim Osios Torah. Yecholim heima lisrofes gufeno, they can burn our bodies, but nishmas yisrael nitzchisi, ve'en koch b'olam lakida osios parchos b'avir. Those souls will never be killed. The spirit of the Jew is indomitable. That's the lesson of Rabbi Hanina. At the darkest time, when he's being, their, they, their last hope that their Rebbe is being killed cruelly, at that moment, they realize the indomitable spirit of the Jew. And that, says Rav Asher Weiss, that's what Tosus was saying. At the darkest moment, when they thought they had lost their last bit of hope, 
That's when Tos, when the Hakarish Baruch was Nigzar on the Geula, on the Roman Empire, on the Roman Empire filing. As he says in the next line, Ubir Hadvarim, Davka Bamaisa Nora Zeshaboroa Tamidim Shever Nora. At that moment of incredible Midas Adin, Nepach Adin Larachamim, Nigzar al Romi, Churban Gadol. And Ravashawai says in the next paragraph, We'll go for a few more minutes. Lo navi aniv lo ben navi. Says Rav Weiss, I don't have Ruach HaKodesh. In case someone was wondering. Rav Weiss says it. He goes, I don't have Ruach HaKodesh. I'm not a navi. He says, but there's no doubt in my mind. Why did Hitler fail? Why was the great Third Reich collapse and failure? Why was Germany left in ruins? Why were there millions of Jew- Germans and killed? Because of their cruelty to the Jews. Just like the Romans eventually lost their entire empire. Because of the way they treated the Jews, eventually that level of cruelty and depravity, when we're experiencing the worst churban, that arouses the Rachamanus of HaKadosh Baruch Hu in a way that if it hadn't been so bad, might not have. Do we understand this? Of course we don't understand it. Said of Asher Weiss, this is Sodos Hanhaga. This is from the secret of a way HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We, These are the mysteries, the secrets. The mysteries is a better word even. We don't understand this. But this is how Gadish Baruch runs the world. The Dafka through the worst things comes sometime the best things. And he explains at the bottom here, V'chein ra'inu l'orech historia. It's not only now, not only in the time of the Beis HaMikdash, not only the time of the Nazis, throughout all of our history, whenever there had been, whenever we have thought that things were all hope or lost, kasher nidmeh, she'afas tikva, when we thought we had no hope, and there was no more vision for a future, that's Tafka when things happen. That's Tafka when we have the Pricha Gedola. He mentions something incredible, which many of you probably know, but he, it's just worth repeating, as he points out, it's such an incredible phenomenon, that at the end of the second base of Mikdash, when the Churban Ba'i happened, as horrible as that was, what did that give birth to? That generation had the Tanoim, Yavne V'chachameha, Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai, Chachmei HaMishnah, eventually the Amoroim, Chachmei HaTalmud, Babel Yerushalmi. And as Rabbi Shawai says here, we're almost at the end of the essay, Haisa Tkufas HaPrichav HaTifer Shel Torah The whole birth of Torah Shabbat Peh happened in the aftermath of the Churban. In other words, the tremendous tragedies, the Jewish blood often is what waters the seeds of the great Jewish Renaissance and the Jewish growth. Can we understand this? Do we like it? Do we wish it would be different? We don't understand it. We wish we didn't have to go through these horrible things. But this is from Kavshe Rachmana, part of the mysteries of the way HaKadosh Baruch Hu runs the world. And here we will just summarize what we've seen. We'll skip this part. If you have a chance, if you're interested, he has a great vort from the Vilna Gon about Shmona Esrei. But because we're almost at our, out of our time, I'm going to skip that. And let's just read the, the last main paragraph here. To summarize everything we've seen, says Ravasha Weiss, It's these messages which have to be the main emphasis of our learning about the Shoah. We're not hiding anything. We're not afraid to confront the truth. We have to learn about all the bad things. In, in a balanced and a measured way, especially for young people. If they're not ready for certain things, either emotionally or religiously, then obviously you have to balance that. But nevertheless, he says, as he continues on, we don't want to add unnecessarily to Sveikos and Amuna, etc. However, he says, Libam, but if you have a proper religious and balanced approach, 
Then if you see the full story, including our spiritual heroism during the Holocaust and the incredible renaissance of Jewish life in Israel and beyond after the Holocaust, that not only will not hurt Emuna, but rather it will be mechazek libam be'emuna b'rosem as chazdei shamayim. We'll see the incredible chasadim of HaKadosh Baruch Hu as hanes shal tkumas klal Yisrael v'kabos v'amach shamayim b'yeter tokef u'b'yeter oz. Right? What's come out since the Holocaust is even greater than we could ever have imagined. And if a person studies these things properly, not only will they fulfill the mitzvah of identifying and empathizing with the tsarist of Kal Yisrael, which is also part of what it means to be a Jew, we can't be afraid of that, but at the same time, not only will it not hurt our amuna, hopefully it can even have the possibility of strengthening our amuna when we see again the incredible things that happened during the Holocaust, especially everything that happened since the Holocaust. Okay, 